Welcome to worship at Providence Presbyterian Church on this Sunday, August 15, 2021. We are located at 2401 Broad Avenue. We thank those of you who are currently able to support the church with your offerings. It truly is a blessing in enabling us to keep current and paying church expenses. Now, let us prepare our hearts for worship as we listen to the prelude.
let us prepare our hearts as we join together in our call to worship. Come, O children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Let us worship God. Let us pray. Eternal Father God, your Son Jesus Christ is the true bread from heaven. Help those who receive his body and blood to be the body of Christ for the world, sharing the riches of his grace with all who hunger and thirst for eternal life. Through Christ who dwells with you, Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Seeking the wisdom of the Lord, let us consider how we have lived, confessing our sins and trusting in the mercy of God. Let us join together in our prayer of confession. Merciful God, we confess that we have not been faithful children. We have not lived by your law. We have remained sound in the face of evil. We have not refrained from deceit. We have not followed in the way of peace. And we have not honored all that is true and good. We have been foolish, immature people who resist the holy wisdom you graciously offer. Forgive us our sin, O God, and lead us to sincere repentance through Jesus Christ. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ offers himself as bread of life to all who would receive him. This proves his love for us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Thanks be to God.
as we prepare to hear God's word, let us join in the prayer of illumination. Almighty God, through the reading of the Holy Scripture, feed us with your living word and reveal to us the way of everlasting life. Amen. Our Old Testament lesson this morning is taken from the book of Proverbs. Let us hear the word of God. Wisdom has built her house. She has set up its seven pillars. She has prepared her meat and mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She set out her servants and she calls from the highest point of the city. Let all who are simple come to my house. To those who have no sense, she says, come eat my food and drink the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and you will live. Walk in the way of insight. Here ends our reading of this word from the Old Testament. Our New Testament reading today comes from the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verses 15 through 20. Let us hear the word of God. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs of the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here ends our readings from God's Word, and may He bless them to our hearts and our lives. Amen. Our New Testament lesson this morning came from the book of Ephesians. And this morning I'd like us to focus on uh, chapters 4 and 5, and particularly chapter 5, verses 15 through 20. Now, Paul sets the tone for these two chapters, 4 and 5, when he uses the expression to walk worthily of the calling which you have been called. The word here is peripateto. And from very early times, Jews used the word walk to speak of the manner in which one conducted their life. It says in the Old Testament that Enoch and Noah walked with God. God challenged Abram, walk before me and be blameless. The psalmist said, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the way of sinners. Paul calls these Ephesians Christians to walk or live in a manner worthy of the calling to which they have been called. That call is to emulate the life of Christ. When we get to chapter 5, verses 15 and 16, it says for us to, therefore, watch carefully how you walk or how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. The word here, wise, means to, to uh, sophist, and it means we're called to live in a wise manner, in a godly wise manner. Now, Greeks valued wisdom, and it was, a, it was considered especially high virtue among them. But Paul here is not talking about uh, worldly wisdom. Uh, God has made a great deal of wisdom available in the Old Testament to Israel through the law and the prophets. In his teaching, Jesus gave us further wisdom. Other New Testament writers expands our understanding of God's wisdom. 
But God's ultimate expression of wisdom was the gift of his son to die on the cross. Now this appeared as a stumbling block to the Jews. And to the Greeks, it was foolishness. But it is, in, in fact, the wisdom of God. We are called then to redeem, which is the word exagorazo, the time, kairos. Because the days are evil. The word exagero means to redeem something by a payment of price, to buy back, to, if you, you think of slavery in, in Bible times, you could buy someone out of slavery. And it also means to buy something, especially quickly, while it was available. We have the expression, striking while the iron is hot. In this verse, Paul is telling Christians to make the most of their time because the days are evil. Now, you could respond by saying, of course, the news reports confirm that we live in evil times. And yes, we need to make a better use of our time. But there's something more at work here than just that. If Paul were advising us to manage our time more effectively, he would have used the Greek word chronos, which means chronological time, hours and minutes and days the kind of time we see on the face of a clock, the kind of time that we use to keep track of appointments or to measure progress. But Paul is using a different word here. He uses the word kairos, which means significant time, decisive time, a decisive moment, a fork in the road that makes all the difference. A kairos moment divides the past from the future. It ushers us into a new kind of life. Paul's use of kairos in this verse is a clue that he's speaking about the divide between godly time that separates from this present age. In other words, to live for the age to come and not for the present age, which is evil. So Paul is calling these Christians to use their time well so that they might make the most of the opportunities that God gives them to witness for Christ until he comes again. Then in verse 17, of chapter 5, it says, Therefore, don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Foolishness is the opposite of wisdom. Bad-tempered people, the Bible says, are foolish. And those who walk in darkness, in other words, in ignorance of God's ways, are called foolishness, fools. And fools are people who refuse to obey God and say there is no God. Jesus contrasted the wise person who did what Jesus taught and prospered with a foolish person who failed to do what Jesus taught and perished. And that's found in the story of the two builders. One built his house upon the sand and one built his house upon the rock. And that when the torrent came, when the rains fell down in the, in the wadi of rushed full water, that the house built on the sand in the center of the wadi was swept away. Nothing remained. But the house was built up on the sides on the bedrock. And the bedrock symbolizes God's wisdom that that house prevailed against the assaults that faced it. Those who build their house on the teaching of Christ and his disciples will stand the storms of this life. Understanding the will of God is both simple 
but it also requires time and effort. It involves studying scripture, praying, participating in worship, trying to obey Jesus' commands to love God and neighbor. But true discernment requires something even more than our personal effort in these things. Ultimately, it is a gift from God. Therefore, our efforts to understand the Lord's will need to begin with prayers for guidance and discernment. In verses 18 through 20, it says, Don't be drunken with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks in everything, concerning all things in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to whom God, even the Father, the verse 18 begins with those words, don't be drunk with wine, which is dis dissipation or debauchery, as we would say now, but instead be filled with the Spirit. Some wonder why Paul particularly picks on the sin of drunkenness, but that's not what Paul intends here to emphasize. He, yes, uh, drunkenness leads to bad decisions. Leads to numerous problems, uh, and the, the word here uh, azoria, which stands for it's, the word is translated here dispensation, comes from the root word two root words meaning a meaning not saved. So the people who are azoria are not saved. Azoria was commonly used of a person who had squandered their opportunities through bad decisions, a drunk, an addict, a compulsive gambler, and so on. But as I said, in this verse, Paul is emphasizing not drunkenness or drug addiction or gambling. He's thinking of drunkenness as being filled with wine as opposed to being filled with the Spirit. You know, it says in, in the book of Acts on the day of Pentecost that when the Holy Spirit fell upon the apostles and they got up and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them and then Paul began to, excuse me, Peter began to preach to the crowd who came in response. Some people responded, he's, you know, don't pay attention to them. They're just drunk with wine. The idea is, you know, the, the same way that people sometimes act in strange ways when uh, they're drunk. People are saying, well, the, 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 uh, the way the apostles were acting that day with the speaking in tongues and all that was just an outflow of their being drunk, being filled with wine. But uh, Peter shows where that's wrong because it's only nine in the morning. But the idea is here, we instead of being filled up with alcohol or drugs or gambling or could be any number of things that we as human beings often fill up our lives with. And in opposition to those things, we are called to instead be filled with the Spirit of God. The Spirit, you know, the Spirit in question is the God's Holy Spirit. Now, the primary thought in verses 18 through 20, and I'm going to add here in verse 21, is to be filled with the Spirit. This is the only imperative word, it's a command, be filled with the Spirit. But then Paul goes on and adds five participles. These are speaking, singing, making melody, giving thanks, and subjecting, each of which is subordinate to be filled with the Spirit. 
In other words, being filled with the Spirit will prompt speaking musically, singing, making melody, giving thanks, and being subject. Speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Speaking is the first of the five Spirit-inspired actions. But it is you know, a musical speech that is envisioned here. The Spirit gives people joy. Joy very often expresses itself through music. It's no, you know, it's no accident that much of the world's greatest music over the century has been devoted to Christian worship. Uh, speaking to one another. This speaking, singing, is to be done within the community of believers. Music that is intended to bring glory to God also brings pleasure both to the individual and to other believers. Singing and making melody are the second and third of the five participles. They are subordinate to being filled with the Spirit. Uh, you know, we're, we're to show forth our joy by, by not only by our words, but by our hearts being lifted up in music. God is glorified. A lot of the, you know, the worship in the temple was the um, singers that came together along with the instruments to lift up songs of praise to God. So we are called to um, sing and make melody in our heart. Not, you know, our singing that pleases God, that brings glory to God, it's not just simply us mouthing words, picking up a, a hymnal or looking at a string and just saying the words. But if what is being said in the words is expresses, expresses what we are feeling in our hearts, that brings glory to God and that's brought about by the Spirit in our lives. Now, in uh, 1 Thessalonians, Paul says in chapter 5, verses 16 through 18, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything, give thanks. So, you know, we're called to give thanks to God. It's one, one of the things mentioned here is to uh, give thanks to God. God calls us to thanksgiving and appreciation of all his many blessings to us. Now, it can, it can be difficult to give thanks when things are not going well. However, if we're rooted spiritually in Christ, then we will be encouraged by the knowledge that God is with us, no matter what we're going through. Thanksgiving has its roots in the Old Testament. The Israelites gave thank offerings. The psalmist in particular gave thanks and enjoined others to do so on many occasions. Paul also emphasized, well, Jesus gave thanks on numerous occasions. And he emphasized the importance of thanksgiving. And he gave the parable of the Pharisee and the publican to emphasize the futility of thanksgiving gone awry. Thanksgiving from a proud heart, not a grateful spirit. Paul also emphasized thanksgiving on more than one occasion. In the New Jerusalem, when Jesus returns, the angels will worship God with songs of thanksgiving. Why should we give thanks? Some spiritual thanksgiving was some spiritual thanksgiving was in response to a particular blessing, such as deliverance from the enemies or for the harvest, or much of it was simply a, a response to God's grace, especially for the gift of Christ on the cross. Finally, the fifth of these is called subjecting, or the, the Greek word is hypoteso. It could mean putting yourself under another in the fear of Christ. This verse is not included in the reading 15 through 20, but it 
you know, because it, you know, immediately leads into verses 22 through 33, which we don't want to get into today. But it is the fifth of the five participles that Paul gives us in the section, so I wanted to mention it this morning. To be fifth, you know, it means to be subordinate to another person, filled by being filled with the Spirit. It should be included in this reading. The Greek word hypoteso literally means to place in order. The thought here is that the, the ideal structure for human relationships and as Christians are called to find their place in that structure. In other words, we are to be subject to one another. I don't think I'm better than you. I subject myself to your at times to your desires, and you don't think you're better than me, and you, you know you don't always place your desires over mine. It, it's mutuality here at, at working together to accomplish the purposes of God. A church where members follow this rule can be expected to prosper and grow because it will find its energies not being dissipated by selfish tug-of-wars. The same will be true of other relationships as well, and that's talked about in verses 22 through 33. They are to do so in the fear of Christ. Now, fearing Christ has to do not with uh, being afraid, like we're afraid of falling or afraid of heights or afraid of spiders. The word here is to show forth reverence, awe, and faith in obedience, leading to, the, to obedience to Christ. It's the result of mercy. And as we do these things, as we do what Paul says here in verses 15 through 20, God will be glorified and our lives will be blessed and our churches will be, be blessed and our communities will be blessed. And to God be the glory, both now and forever. Amen. Now let us join together in the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
Let us prepare our hearts for prayer. As we prepare to pray together, uh, remembering Christ giving himself for the world, let us pray for the needs of the world. And when I say, merciful God, you join me by saying, hear our prayer. for the church in every land. Confirm in the hearts of Jesus' disciples the will to serve you by loving their neighbors and doing good to their enemies. For the church, Catholic, universal, merciful God, hear our prayers. God, we pray for those who lead your church. Guide the pastors, the elders, the deacons, the teachers, and administrators who order the life of the Christian community and strengthen them to be faithful in their calling and humble in their service. For all who lead the churches throughout the world, merciful God, hear our prayer. God, we pray for those who govern the nations and exercise authority in civic rights, who give our governing officials wisdom in the ways of peace and justice and in determination to pursue the common good. We pray for President Biden, for Governor Wolf, for the, our mayor here in Altoona, Matt Pacifico, for the rulers of every nation and city. Merciful God, hear our prayer. God, we pray for the sick and the oppressed. Help those who are in trouble and stir up your church, in your church a desire to be your instruments in the relief of human misery for those in need. Merciful God, hear our prayer. God, we pray for our planet Earth. Calm the storm and quiet the rumbling volcano. Give us seasonable weather and tranquil seas. Let earth yield an abundance of fruit for the flourishing of every creature, giving humankind the will to use its resources wisely. For the good earth, merciful God, hear our prayer. And Father, today we seek your face, asking that you would awaken us to a spiritual war that rages all around us. Focus us on the greater power influence, and victory that is already won through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Free us not only to recognize the spiritual battles, but to be mobilized in prevailing prayer and victorious outreach for those in the clutches of Satan's lies and deception. Today, Father, we cry out for those we love and for those in our neighborhood and our workplace to be freed from the blinders that our ancient foe has used to keep them trapped in a lost state of hell-bound ignorance. Use us and your people to proclaim Jesus Christ today. Forgive us for proclaiming through our, our thoughts and forgive us for proclaiming through our thoughts in ways 
We're not pretending to throw our thoughts away as Jesus Christ. Remove our self-centered focus as we lift up the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. May Jesus remain front and center in our witnessing today. Open the eyes of the lost to see the glory of God in the face of Jesus. Jesus, you have asked that we would see your glory. Today, I ask that you would answer that prayer by removing the blinders of deception that plague those with whom we interact on a daily basis. Show, excuse me, show us your glory today by freeing the lost from spiritual blindness that can only be healed by you. Show them joy, beauty, power, and all, and love that are in you and you alone. Merciful God, hear the prayers of your people and grant that what we ask in faith we may receive according to your gracious love. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And now in the sure and certain hope of the resurrection to life of Jesus Christ, let us join in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom and the power and the glory are yours now and forever.
Now church, go forth to love and serve. We go in Jesus' name. The blessing of God, the source of life, the grace of Christ, the bread of life, and the communion of the Holy Spirit, power and life be with you all. Amen. We thank you for worshiping with us today. We hope you have been blessed and God has been glorified. May you have a God-blessed week. We look forward to you joining us again next Sunday and invite your friends to listen.